The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. We're counting down the days until Lent. It's just six days away. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, February 24th, 2022, Thursday of the seventh week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle two. Thursday is a day to pray the luminous mysteries of the rosary. And our saint today is Saint Adela, benefactor and English princess. Born in 1067, she was the youngest daughter of William the Conqueror. In 1080, she married Stephen of Blois, Throughout her life, Adela had an active role in English politics. She was famed for endowing churches and monastic institutions. Saint Adela died in 1137. Saint Adela, pray for us. And let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I unite myself to your perpetual, unceasing, universal sacrifice I offer myself to you every day of my life and every moment of every day according to your most holy and adorable will. Since you have been the victim of my salvation, I wish to be the victim of your love. Accept my desire, take my offering, and graciously hear my prayer. Let me live for love of you. Let me die for love of you. Let my last heartbeat be an act of perfect love. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for religious sisters and consecrated women, thanking them for their mission and their courage. May they continue to find new responses to the challenges of our times. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. I often get these notifications from Google Maps when I've visited a place. It would then go on to ask me, is there a wheelchair accessible parking here? Or is there a wheelchair accessible entrance here? And I'll have to say yes, or no, or not sure, depending on the case. Now, you and I are journeying to heaven. Who will review heaven for us? Who can we ask to know whether there is a wheelchair-accessible entrance there? A wheelchair-accessible parking? I haven't been there, though I hope to be there. No one but you, Jesus, who is presiding over our prayer. No one but you can review heaven for us, your Father's house your dwelling place. You already told us that there are many mansions there that you are waiting for us, that you are going to prepare a place for us there. If I may ask out of curiosity, is there a wheelchair accessible entrance there? Is he handicap accessible? Is he inclusive of persons with disabilities? Through today's gospel, you answer me clearly. And I would like to listen to you directly, Jesus. We find you commenting on the disciples being welcomed or rejected. And you take advantage of this occasion to warn against causing scandal. 
Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. As if this is not enough warning us against causing the others to fall, you now turn around and start warning us against harboring things that can cause us to fall. And you say, And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And you go on and on, Jesus. No one wants to be disabled, obviously, it's typical wish who will want to reject. None of us wants to be disabled. Yet you say, Jesus, it is better. What does this mean? It is better to be maimed, to be lame, to have one eye and enter into life than to have the two hands, the two legs, the two eyes and be thrown into hell. How can you be telling us just to lose this part of us? The limbs are an extension, a kind of an attachment. And our Lord is saying, if it causes you to stumble, to sin, cut it off. How come? It helps me to think of a battle, a war. Or certainly we don't want war and we pray against it. It usually involves casualties, deaths, injuries, mutilations, not to mention other evils. Certain evils are necessary consequences of war. But clearly, Jesus, he makes us realize that to go to heaven, we must face this unavoidable war against sin. And here, the best counts. You, Jesus, keep on repeating, it is better. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go to hell. It is better to enter into life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And again, it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with the two eyes to be thrown into hell. It is better. After all, there in heaven, there is disabled accessible entrance. A handicap accessible entrance. On the contrary, with two hands going to hell, we are sure we are going to lose everything. Because there you say there is unquenchable fire where the worms never die. Jesus, it sounds difficult to accept this message of yours, literally. Because it's unlike you, Jesus, to encourage mutilation of our body or suicide. In fact, in the history of the church, the attempt to mutilate one's body in the name of ridding oneself definitively of temptations to sin, say, of the flesh, has been censured. Obviously, temptations are not solely bodily. In fact, more of them are spiritual. Even persons who practice some kind of penance, say, corporal mortification, do it to an extent that it doesn't endanger their health. Because we have this primary duty to cater for life, which is a gift from God. But if preserving life here becomes an obstacle to attaining life, the true life which you, Jesus, give, you tell us it is better to hold on to this life, eternal life, than to try to grab onto the life here and go to hell. Jesus says, if that causes you to sin, if an attachment, if a part of you causes you to stumble, cut. This is your message, clear one. The hand, the foot, eye, all these are members, attachment. But we can think of also our possessions. 
which are part of us in a way, attachments. And Jesus calls for detachments. Rather than being attached and go to hell, be detached and go to heaven. And you are preparing to welcome us there, even though we don't have that part of us, that possession. And I am asking myself, am I practicing cutting? Tough though, yet Jesus, you say it is better. It is better that you enter into life maimed. It is better that you enter into life lame. It is better that you enter into life with one eye. It is better. What am I going to cut? I like listening to the fathers of the church who, considering this text, applied it to intimate friendships. St. John Chrysostom, for instance, says that Jesus is saying this not of our limbs, but of our intimate friends, whom, as being necessary to us, we look upon as our limbs. For nothing is so hurtful as mischievous society. Venerable Bede will say, that is, he calls by the name of hand our intimate friend, of whose aid we daily stand in need. But if such one should wish to do us hurt in what concerns our soul, he is to be driven away from our society, lest by choosing a portion in this life with one who is lost, we should perish together with him in that which is to come. Wherefore, there follows, it is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to enter into hell. And another commentary will say, by maimed he means deprived of the help of some friend. For it is better to enter into life without a friend than to go with him into hell. Think of someone who is drowning. I've heard of lifesavers. I don't have experience, direct experience. But lifesavers know how to save without themselves getting drowned. They will make sure that the, the person who is in danger does not grab onto them. And they will know how to get rid of the person's hold, push the person up in order to save the person and also save themselves. You, Jesus, you've shown us a very clear example recently when you told Simon Peter, who tried to dissuade you from facing the cross, you told him, get behind me, Satan. You are ready to dissociate yourself from Peter's intimate friendship. We are here to oppose your journey to the cross. Teach me, Jesus, also how to cut. If it's a friend, a contact. And we can think of, well, bad company, physically, yes, but also in our online activity, on social media, to know how to mute a friend who posts indecent things, to delete a contact that might endanger my relationship with you, or a contact that can bring about infidelity to my commitments. I'd like to listen to you again and again. Jesus saying, it is better to enter into life maimed, lame, one-eyed, than be thrown into hell with both hands, feet, and eyes. Am I fighting this battle? Certainly in a war, one runs the risk of being injured and we're not afraid of entering this battle against sin in order to go to heaven. Otherwise, we run the risk of having all these things and when we get to hell, certainly we are going to also lose all those things. In fact, there's a mystery behind this text and Jesus, I would like to appreciate this. You promise us that on the last day of the resurrection, we're going to regain all the good things that perhaps we've been able to do without. You're going to regain all these things. You're going to restore all things without the imperfections that they have here. And so I'm ready to cut. I like to follow the example of the saints who never joked with sin. St. Just Maria was a fighter against sin. In fact, he encouraged a lot to have this horror for mortal sin and hatred for deliberate venial sins. Once he was writing in his diary, temptation not to dialogue. If not, grave sin, colon, death. Light sin, sickness lukewarmness. Resolutions. Never in my life to go to bed in mortal sin. 
I will avoid all deliberate venial sins. This touches me. Am I ready to fight like the saints against sin? Jesus, help me. It is better, I hear you say, to enter into life maimed, lame, one-eyed, than be thrown into hell with both hands, feet, and eyes. Now, what is that contact? What is that attachment? What is that possession? Who is that friend? What is that app? What is that habit? Well, Jesus, help me. My Immaculate Mother helped me to fight doggedly to enter into heaven, no matter what I lose on this earth, knowing that our Lord will repay me in everlasting life. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour. This is Daybreak. It's Thursday of the seventh week in Ordinary Time, February 24th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin this day of prayer joining with the whole church, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. O God, be gracious and bless us, and let your face shed its light upon us, so will your ways be known upon earth. And all nations learn your saving help. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the nations be glad and exult, for you rule the world with justice. With fairness you rule the peoples, you guide the nations on earth. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. The earth has yielded its fruit, for God our God has blessed us. May God still give us his blessing, till the ends of the earth revere him. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship the Lord, the Lord is our God. Look on us, Lord, and see how we are despised. 
Look, Look on us, Lord, and, and see how we are despised. And yet you, Lord, have rejected and spurned and are angry with the one you have anointed. You have broken your covenant with your servant and dishonored his crown in the dust. You have broken down all his walls and reduced his fortresses to ruins. He is despoiled by all who pass by. He has become the taunt of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have made his sword give way. You have not upheld him in battle. You have brought his glory to an end. You have hurled his throne to the ground. You have cut short the years of his youth. You have heaped disgrace upon him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is, is now, now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Look, Look on us, Lord, and, and see how we are despised. I am the root and stock of David. I am the morning star. I am the root and stock of David. I am the morning star. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like a fire? Remember, Lord, the shortness of my life and how frail you have made the sons of men. What man can live and never see death? Who can save himself? From the grasp of the grave. Where are your mercies of the past, O Lord, which you have sworn in your faithfulness to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant is taunted, how I have to bear all the insults of the peoples. Thus your enemies taunt me, O Lord, mocking your anointed at every step. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, God of mercy and fidelity, you made a new and lasting pact with men, and sealed it in the blood of your Son. Forgive the folly of our disloyalty, and make us keep your commandments, so that in your new covenant we may be witness and herald of your faithfulness and love on earth, and sharers of your glory in heaven. I am the root and stock of David. I am the morning star. Our years wither away like grass, but you, Lord God, are eternal. Our years wither away like grass, but you, Lord God, are eternal. O Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to the next. Before the mountains were born, or the earth or the world brought forth, you are God, without beginning or end. You turn men back into dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep men away like a dream, like grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers, by evening it withers and fades. So we are destroyed in your anger, 
struck with terror in your fury. Our guilt lies open before you, our secrets in the light of your face. All our days pass away in your anger. Our life is over like a sigh. Our span is seventy years or eighty for those who are strong. And most of these are emptiness and pain. They pass swiftly and we are gone. Who understands the power of your anger and fears the strength of your fury? Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Lord, relent. Is your anger forever? Show pity to your servants. In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exult and rejoice all our days. Give us joy to balance our affliction for the years when we knew misfortune. Show forth your work to your servants. Let your glory shine on their children. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. Give success to the work of our hands. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you give us life despite our guilt and even add days and years to our lives in order to bring us wisdom. Make us love and obey you so that the works of our hands may always display what your hands have done until the day we gaze upon the beauty of your face. Our Our years wither away like grass, but you, Lord God, are eternal. eternal. In you is the source of life. In your light we see light itself. From the book of Ecclesiastes. Who knows what is good for a man in life, the limited days of his vain life, which God has made like a shadow? Because who is there to tell a man what will come after him under the sun? A good name is better than good ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. For that is the end of every man, and the living should take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, because when the face is sad, the heart grows wiser. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hearken to the wise man's rebuke than to hearken to the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot so is the fool's laughter. This also is vanity, for oppression can make a fool of a wise man, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of speech than its beginning. Better is the patient spirit than the lofty spirit. Do not in spirit become quickly discontented, for discontent lodges in the bosom of a fool. Do not say, How is it that the former times were better than thee? For it is not in wisdom that you ask about this. Wisdom and an inheritance are good, and an advantage to those that see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is as the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is the wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what has been made crooked? On a good day, enjoy good things, and on an evil day, consider 
both the one and the other God has made, so that man cannot find fault with him in anything. I have seen all manner of things in my vain days, a just man perishing in his justice, and a wicked one surviving in his wickedness. Be not just to excess, and be not otherwise, lest you be ruined. Be not wicked to excess, and be not foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good to hold to this rule, and not to let that one go. That he who fears God will win through at all events. Wisdom is a better defense for the wise men than would be ten princes in the city, yet there is no man on earth so just as to do good and never sin. Do not get heed to every word that is spoken, lest you hear your servant speaking ill of you. You should know in your heart that you have many times spoken ill of others. All these things I probed in wisdom, and I said, They will acquire wisdom. But it was beyond me. What exists is far-reaching. It is deep, very deep. Who can find it out? I turned my thoughts toward knowledge. I sought and pursued wisdom and reason. I recognized that wickedness is foolish and folly is madness. More bitter than death, I find the woman who is a hunter's trap, whose heart is a snare and whose hands are prison bonds. He who is pleasing to God will escape her, but the sinner will be entrapped by her. Behold, this I have found, says Quaheleth, adding one thing to another, I might discover the answer which my soul still seeks and has not found. One man out of a thousand have I come upon, but a woman among them, all I have not found. Who can say, my heart is pure, I am not a sinner? There is no living man so holy who does good and never sins. If we claim to be sinless, we deceive ourselves. But if we acknowledge our sins, then God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us. There is no living man so holy who does good and never sins. From an instruction by St. Columban, Abbot. God is everywhere in his immensity and everywhere close at hand. As he says of himself, I am a God close at hand not a god far off. The god we seek is not one who dwells at a distance from us, for we have him present with us if only we are worthy. He dwells in us as the soul in the body. If only we are sound members of his, we are dead to sin. Then in very truth he dwells in us, the one who said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. If we are worthy of his presence with us, then in truth we are made alive by him as his living members. As the Apostle says, In him we live and move and have our being. Who, I ask, will search out the Most High in his own being, for he is beyond words or understanding? Who will penetrate the secrets of God? Who will boast that he knows the infinite God, who fills all things, yet encompasses all things, who pervades all things, yet reaches beyond all things, who holds all things in his hand, yet escapes the grasp of all things. No one has ever seen him as he is. No one must then presume to search for the unsearchable things of God. His nature, the manner of his existence, is selfhood. These are beyond telling, beyond scrutiny, beyond investigation. 
with simplicity, but also with fortitude, only believe that this is how God is and this is how he will be, for God is incapable of change. Who then is God? He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Do not look for any further answers concerning God. Those who want to understand the unfathomable depths of God must first consider the world of nature. Knowledge of the Trinity is rightly compared with the depths of the sea. Wisdom asks, who will find out what is so very deep? As the depths of the sea are invisible to human sight, so the Godhead of the Trinity is found to be beyond the grasp of human understanding. If anyone, I say, wants to know what he should believe, he must not imagine that he understands better through speech than through belief. The knowledge of God that he seeks will be all the further off than it was before. Seek then the highest wisdom, not by arguments and words, but by the perfection of your life, not by speech, but by the faith that comes from simplicity of heart, not from the learned speculations of the unrighteous. If you search by means of discussions for the God who cannot be defined in words, he will depart further from you than he was before. If you search for him by faith, wisdom will stand where wisdom lives at the gates. Where wisdom is, wisdom will be seen, at least in part. But wisdom is also to some extent truly attained when the invisible God is the object of faith in a way beyond our understanding. For we must believe in God, invisible as he is, though he is partially seen by a heart that is pure. Lord, your love reaches to heaven and your faithfulness to the clouds. Your Your justice is like the mountains of God, and your judgments like the fathomless deep. How deep are the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable is judgment! Your justice is like the mountains of God, and your judgments like the fathomless deep. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that always pondering spiritual things we may carry out in both word and deed that which is pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. 24 minutes before the hour, and we'll check out today's gospel in just a few minutes. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tells his disciples, get rid of anything and everything that leads you to sin. From the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Truly, I say to you, Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung round his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. 
it is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltness, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, it's certainly not a pleasant thought, but we have to keep it in mind. Hell is real. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. A Christian's life ought to be a continual journeying toward heaven. Everything should strengthen our steps along this path. Sorrows and joys, work and rest, successes and failures. In important financial matters or other great practical enterprises, we naturally have to be alert, carefully studying even the smallest details. So it makes even more sense to do so in regard to the most significant of all undertakings, our salvation. At the end of our journey on this earth, we will face but one choice, either heaven passing through purgatory first if we require to be purified, or hell, that place of unquenchable fire which our Lord so explicitly spoke about many times. Christ would not have taken such pains to reveal the existence of hell with such clarity if it were not real or if it were not really possible for men to end up there. He certainly would not have warned us so frequently, telling us, Be watchful. The devil never relents in his attempt to win over any man or woman still journeying in this world towards his or her definitive goal. The devil never relinquishes his claim upon anyone, quite regardless of position or God-given mission. The reality of eternal punishment for those who do evil and die in mortal sin had already been revealed in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus Christ spoke of the punishment prepared for the devil and his angels, for those wicked servants who do not fulfill their Lord's will, for the foolish virgins who find themselves without the oil of good works when the bridegroom arrives, for those who come to the marriage feast without the wedding garment, for those who offend their brothers seriously, or who choose not to help them in their material or spiritual need. The world is compared to a field in which both weeds and wheat are growing until the time when God takes up his sickle and clears the field. The wheat will be stored in his barn, while the weeds will be burnt with unquenchable fire. Hell was not some sort of symbol for use in preaching or in moral exhortation in past moments of history to a humanity which had yet to evolve. It is a stark reality revealed to us by Jesus Christ. 
It is unfortunately one so objectively real that our Lord was moved to give us the spirited command, as we read in the Gospel of the Mass, to put away from us anything, no matter how important it might seem, rather than eventually find ourselves there forever. Hell is a truth of faith, constantly affirmed by the Church's magisterium. The Second Vatican Council refers to it in repeating the eschatological characteristics of the Church. We should watch constantly so that we may not, like the wicked and slothful servants, be ordered to depart into eternal fire, into the outer darkness where men will weep and gnash their teeth. Hell's existence is a truth of faith defined by the magisterium of the Church. It would be a serious mistake not to meditate upon or to consider this transcendental topic from time to time or to ignore it in preaching in teaching catechetics, or in one's personal apostolate. Nor can the church omit without serious mutilation of her essential message as John Paul II warns a constant catechesis on the four last things of man, death, judgment, universal and particular, hell, and heaven. In a culture which tends to imprison man eminently in the earthly life, which he is more or less successful at getting through, the pastors of the church are asked to provide a catechesis which will reveal and illustrate with the certainty of faith what comes after the present life beyond the mysterious gates of death, an eternity of joy in communion with God, or the punishment of separation from Him forever. Our Lord wants us to be motivated by love, but given our human weakness, the result of original sin and of our own personal sins, he has preferred to show us just where sin leads, so that we would have a further motive to reject sin, the holy fear of God, which is the fear of being separated from our supreme good, our true love. The saints have highly esteemed the personal revelations they have received from God regarding hell's existence, as well as the magnitude and unending nature of its punishments. This vision was one of the most signal favors the Lord has bestowed upon me, writes St. Teresa of Avila. It has been of the greatest benefit to me, both in taking from me all fear of the tribulations and disappointments of this life, and also in strengthening me to put up with them and to give thanks to the Lord, who, as I now believe, has delivered me from such terrible and never-ending torments. Let us see in our prayer today if there is anything in our lives, small as it may be, that might be distracting us from our Lord and which we are not struggling against as we ought. Let us examine ourselves to see whether we do in fact flee from all proximate occasions of sin, whether we frequently ask the Blessed Virgin to grant us a profound dread of all sin, even venial sin, which causes such harm to the soul and separates us from her Son our only unqualified good. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Thirteen minutes before the hour, let's pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at divineoffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. On the holy mountain is his city. 
cherished by the Lord. The Lord prefers the gates of Zion to all Jacob's dwellings. Of you are told glorious things, O city of God. Babylon and Egypt I will count among those who know me. Philistia, Tyre, Ethiopia, these will be her children, and Zion shall be called Mother, for all shall be her children. It is he, the Lord Most High, who gives each his place. In the register of peoples he writes, These are her children. And while they dance they will sing, and you all find their home. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, your only Son wept over ancient Jerusalem, soon to be destroyed for its lack of faith. He established the new Jerusalem firmly upon rock and made it the mother of the faithful. Make us rejoice in your church and grant that all people may be reborn into the freedom of your spirit. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. The Lord, the mighty conqueror, will come. He will bring with him the prize of victory. The Lord, the mighty conqueror, will come. He will bring with him the prize of victory. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd he feeds his flock. In his arms he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. Who has cupped in his hand the waters of the sea and marked off the heavens with a span? Who has held in a measure the dust of the earth, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or has instructed him as his counselor? Whom did he consult to gain knowledge? Who taught him the path of judgment? or showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations count as a drop of the bucket, as rust on the scales. The coastlands weigh no more than powder. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor its animals be enough for holocausts. Before him, all the nations are as naught, as nothing and void he accounts them. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. The Lord, the mighty conqueror, will come. He will bring with him the prize of victory. Give praise to the Lord our God. Bow down before his holy mountain. Give praise to the Lord our God. Bow down before his holy mountain. The Lord is king. The peoples tremble. He is throned on the cherubim. The earth quakes. The Lord is great in Zion. 
He is supreme over all the peoples. Let them praise his name, so terrible and great. He is holy, full of power. You are a king who loves what is right. You have established equity, justice, and right. You have established them in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Bow down before Zion his footstool. He, the Lord, is holy. Among the priests were Aaron and Moses. Among those who invoked his name was Samuel. They invoked the Lord, and he answered. To them he spoke in the pillar of cloud. They did his will. They kept the law, which he, the Lord, had given. O Lord, our God, you answered them. For them you were a God who forgives. Yet you punished all their offenses. Exalt the Lord our God. Bow down before his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. God, you are the source of all holiness. Though no one can see you and live, you give life most generously and in an even greater way restore it. Sanctify your priests through your life-giving word and consecrate your people in his blood until our eyes see your face. Give Give praise to the Lord our God. Bow down before his holy mountain. A reading from 1 Peter. As generous distributors of God's manifold grace, put your gifts at the service of one another, each in the measure he has received. The one who speaks is to deliver God's message. The one who serves is to do it with the strength provided by God. Thus, in all of you, God is to be glorified through Jesus Christ. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. From the depths of my heart I cry to you, hear me, O Lord. From From the the depths depths of my heart I cry to you, hear me, O Lord. I will do what you desire, hear me, O Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. From the depths of my heart I cry to you, hear me, O Lord. Let us serve the Lord in holiness, and he will save us from our enemies. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers, and and to to remember his his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, 
For you will go before the Lord to prepare His way, to give His people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us serve the Lord in holiness, and he will save us from our enemies. Let us joyfully cry out in thanks to God the Father, whose love guides and nourishes his people. May you be glorified, Lord, for all ages. May May you be be glorified, Lord, for all ages. Most merciful Father, we praise you for your love. For you wondrously created us and even more wondrously restored us to grace. May you be glorified, Lord, for all ages. At the beginning of this day, fill our hearts with zeal for serving you so that our thoughts and actions may redound to your glory. May May you be glorified, Lord, for all ages. Purify our hearts of every evil desire. Make us intent on doing your will. May you be glorified, Lord, for all ages. Open our hearts to the needs of all men. Fill us with brotherly love. May you be glorified, Lord, for all ages. Gathering our prayers and praises into one, let us offer the prayer Christ himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. All-powerful and ever-living God, shine with the light of your radiance on a people who live in the shadow of death. Let the dawn from on high break upon us, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Morning Air is coming up with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's do this again tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the Relevant Radio app. Go out now, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.